Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is The Art of Being, and I am your host, Slade Powell. It is my joy this week to come to you with a new topic to talk about, and an announcement. The announcement first. I'm changing the name of the podcast. It has been delightful to be here having The Art of Being. And I truly feel that this title for the podcast has been an excellent match for especially the first season of the podcast. We really were dealing with a lot of how being present and being alive is magic. And it is. (laughs) It's like the only magic. And... That is the best title that I could possibly have had, I think, for the first season of the podcast. But the direction that we're going from here is shifting a little bit. You've noticed probably that this season has not had as many interviews. We may have interviews soon. We may have interviews later. I'm not not saying there isn't going to be any. But... There is actually a name for this podcast that was the first name that I came up with for it. And I think that that is the true name for the podcast. And we are going to be using it. And I'm really excited. So I would like to introduce to you for soon I will be changing this officially in the actual like in Spotify, in iTunes. You'll get to see this new name reflected there. But the new name of the podcast will be Mystical Shit. The irreverence of that and the mysticalness is just absolutely delightful to me. And really, I think, speaks to a deeper level of what's available out of the podcast, which is not just dealing with our physical lives and how we can live better, which is delightful, completely useful. But what I have always been most fascinated with and most compelled by is the deeper levels of what it means to be human. The existential nonsense that it is to try to exist and manage being what appears to be alive and what appears to be in existence and what appears to be reality and recognizing that none of those things are verifiable at all, that there is no verifiable reality. There is no verifiable truth or ground to stand on that I have yet found. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I certainly have not found it yet. The only truth that I have found is that everything is unverifiable. And I would take the rest of this podcast, or at least the rest of this season, let's find out, to get into that, to explicate further what it is that we're really doing here. Not just in a making your life have meaning way, but in a way that's like nobody's life has meaning. Nothing has meaning. There is no such thing. Meaning is a human concept, like gender or culture or 
the difference between different kinds of bees. It is made up to give our perception of existence clarity and a sense that of reason for being here. We are not good as a species at not knowing why we're here. We have never been good at it. It is not comfortable. It is extremely uh, disassociating and disquieting and uh, suicide-making to not know why you're here or what you're for. We clearly are a species that desires above all a function. And that search for a function does not mean there is one. It does mean that we need to find one. And so we do all the time. And I've certainly done it. I've done it many times. Um, for me, the search is part of my function, which is very meta and very circular. And that's part of what I want to address and deal with in the rest of this season of the podcast for sure. And we'll see how it goes for there. Which brings us to the topic for today's podcast. Let's talk about time. <laughs> if I have not already blown your brain out of the back of your head, which hopefully I have not with uh, the weirdness of existence. Here's how I certainly see time. And I would love to hear more if you are listening to this podcast and into it, this is probably your jam. So I invite you to have a conversation with me over on Instagram at Slade.Powell about anything and everything that comes up in this podcast, this episode, every episode, all of them. So putting that out there, this is not a definitive anything. There is no definitive anything. I'm going to quote Walt Whitman here, which I may have done before. You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the specters in books. You shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself. If there is a truth, it will be something you find yourself, not that someone else tells you. So speaking of that, and from there, let's talk about time. Here's how time seems to work for, as far as I have seen it. I only have my own human perception to go by, which is extremely fallible. Eyes can lie. Ears can lie. Every sense that we have can lie to us. And it does on the regular. The That's a whole other set of episodes on its own. And I say that to not indict our sensory perception, but to point out that mine may be unable to perceive things that are actually happening. So with way too much ado, time seems to be happening simultaneously, not sequentially. The sequential appearance of time to me seems to be mostly just the way that our human brains can process it the 
simultaneity of all existence happening at once, everything, everywhere, all at once, is so obvious and yet so um, impossible for our human brains to make sense of, to perceive, to um, transmit into any meaningful sense of reality. It's like the human brain is like a UI, a user interface on a computer. Your brain basically lives to take all of the shit that it can perceive and turn it into some kind of organized nonsense, something that it can do something with, something, some way for your consciousness to interact with an appearance of physical space. I'm going to say that again. Imagine you're in a video game and the computer is running, the game is running in zeros and ones, but the game doesn't run in zeros and ones. This is not the matrix where no one is staring deeply into cascading symbols saying, oh, there's a blonde and oh, you know, that's a monster, let's fight it. The game runs more like a Lara Croft game, like a Tomb Raider game or, you know, any other fucking game that you have controls and you are playing a character and you can see a whole world this character is moving through. The character has its own abilities, its own ways of moving through the terrain that you must learn how to manage and how to control that and how to, you know, what buttons do what. And if you hit the trigger thing, does anything happen? And the way that it works is the way that those zeros and ones get turned into something you can actually do something with is through your brain. Your brain is an enormously powerful supercomputer. Absolutely ridiculously powerful. It's just full of electricity and magic in there. And the input that it has, your brain, it's amazing. There are billions with a B of bits of information that the human brain and sense and your physical senses perceive every moment of your existence every single moment there are billions of bits of information that are available to be perceived to be processed to be known And of those billions, only about 2,000 bits of information are actually processed into the brain. That the brain actually is like, "Mm, we care about these things. And those are, those 2,000 bits of information are what make up your reality. They are minimal. That is a minimal, tiny, microscopic amount of what is actually happening, which is part of why I say, even working at peak condition, the human senses are not very good at this. There's only, we're only doing a very small job here of understanding what's really happening in reality. 
when someone says like, oh, you know, I don't believe that because I can't see it, touch it, smell it, whatever. Like, bitch, there's a lot happening. There is more in heaven and earth, Horatio, than is dreamt of in your philosophy. And this is part of why. This is really in the physical sense, in the scientific sense, a pointing to, this is a finger pointing at the moon, of why <laughs> there's so much more going on out there and why there are so many phenomena in our reality that we can see the effects of we can see that that they're happening but we don't have any fucking idea what's happening there like everything from what appear to be ghosts to uh, the fact that on the other that the other day on a call i literally was able to sense the energy of the people who would be listening to the recording not just the single person who was on the live call with me that is wild absolutely wild any of these things the fact that people dream of their loved ones after they they depart and their loved ones tell them things that become real the fact that my inner voice my inner source my intuition i was I was reading a book recently, and it's, it was the first of a series, and uh, I will not tell you what book series it is because I'm about to leak some major spoilers. The main character who I very much identified with uh, sacrificed herself in a major way in the first book, and I was devastated. I had identified with her far too much. <laughs> and I was writing to my inner voice, doing automatic writing uh, with my intuition, writing questions, and then tapping into my intuition and listening for what answers and writing them as they came through my hand. Uh, Really not the work of my conscious mind at all. And I didn't know what was going to happen in the rest of the series, which was was freaking me out, man. I really wanted... (laughs) I was freaking out about self-sacrifice and duty and all a bunch of crap. And uh, my intuition wrote it answered the question that i was asking which was something about love and sacrifice and then it wrote she's alive read book two (laughs) and then we continued having a different conversation and i tell you what i read book two of that series and that character did live (laughs) and there was no indication in the first book that she would so let me just say there is way too much happening out there that we don't have any way to explain it. The perception that we are privy to, that we are able to get to, is so limited. It is so minimal. It is so small. There is so much more happening than we can even get our minds around Literally, because our minds are only processing 2,000 bits out of a billions of bits of information every moment. So there's just a lot that simply is like passing through us like a sieve, and we never even realize it's happening. So when I say time is happening simultaneously, and we only have the ability to process and perceive it sequentially, as one moment happens, oh, and then this moment happens, and now this one, and now this one, and this one now. Each moment happens one by one. 
that is the way that our brains know how to take a whole fuck ton of information and process it into something that we can perceive and manage. The human brain is not able, not able to process the number of bits of information required to perceive everything happening all at once, ever. Everything in your life happens simultaneously. It's like a bucket of time. I think of it as a bucket of time. And you can take, and like sometimes you take a, a ladle and that's like a day. Like this ladle of time, this ladle of moments. If every, you know, say droplet of water is a moment, the ladle is like, ah, this day. But a day doesn't happen like that. You experience a day moment by moment, hour by hour. If it's a really long day, you experience it second by second. And then it moves on to whatever comes next. But there's no good reason that we perceive it that way. Except that it's the only way we physically can or know how to perceive it. I don't know if it's that we can or only know how to inside of this this uh, brain cavity. So why would I be saying that time is simultaneous? Everything happens all at once in a big bucket of time instead of like a film strip, the way that we're used to um, conceiving of it. Like, I think it's obvious. Why the fuck do I think it's obvious? <laughs> You're like... Bitch, that ain't fucking obvious. Unless you were on the same page I am, in which case, thank you. Please come find me on Instagram and let's yell about it. At Slade.Powell. I'm serious. I love having these conversations. The answer is that having spent, I don't know, upwards of a decade, probably uh, like 15 years at this point, working out, identifying each perception that I personally am having, making my sense perception internally and externally as much of a laboratory as I know how to do at this point. There are so many moments that don't add up unless I'm able to perceive multiple times at the same time. I'm going to use the example I referenced earlier, which is I just yesterday was leading a call on Zoom. And it was a group uh, drop-in for the Lively community. They have a fantastic thing called The Living Room, which is a series of free classes in getting in tune with your inner voice, with your intuition, in a lot of different ways, led by a lot of different people. They're all free. It's fantastic. Totally recommend it. And I was leading a drop-in class yesterday. And because of technical issues... I ended up only being able to join the call really late. It was like 20 minutes late because of a bunch of shit happening with Zoom. And there was one person who was still on the call live. And I knew that every person who had signed up for this class would be getting the recording anyway. So of course we were going to do the whole thing just as good as I had thought it would be. And it was funny because I had actually planned that course to be something that people could repeat and use the recording for. So... Um, 
if you found this podcast through that recording, <laughs> please tell me if that worked out for you. And when I was leading that drop in, there was me, there was the one other person in this Zoom class, and then there were all of the 30 odd people, at least, that I knew would be using the recording at their own pace, at their own time, somewhere in the future. You know, Zoom doesn't record, it records as you go, but it, then it renders it. Like lit, the recording literally did not exist yet until after the end of my time leading that class when then, you know, the service would render that audio into an actual file, which would then be sent out. So there's nobody else was listening. It was just me and this one person in the Zoom room. But when I lead a any kind of intuitive work, any kind of intuitive thing that I'm always tapping into the energy of the people that I'm leading to, that I'm working with. I'm there checking in where they're at. Do they, you know, are they following where I'm going? What space are they in now? What emotions are coming up for them? How is this landing? Where do we need to go next? I'm checking in with my intuition constantly seeing what's what's the next thing that needs to come from me and then feeling constantly where are they at where are their messages coming through you know where should I be spending more time give them an extra minute everything I'm really actively leading a conversation with a bunch of people who are having their own conversations with their own intuition, their own experience individually with their own body, their own energy. It is a delight and an experience and an absolute joy for me to be able to do this kind of work. And I was picking up a lot more than just this one person in the Zoom room with me and myself. I am pretty good at this point at picking up on the energies that are that are happening in this kind of a setting. And it felt exactly the way that it would feel in a Zoom room full of 30-something people. It was, I was feeling her, the one person in live with me, very strongly, because she was right there. And I was also feeling very equally strongly people in a lot of different spaces. I was getting signals for like needing a little bit more room for people have like having a crying time, having a a big release that they were going through emotionally. People who were already moving a little bit forward into kind of knew where we were going and were moving into more of a like intuitive listening receiving mode already before I had uh, cued that. And I was really managing all of these spaces people were in exactly the same as I would if we were all in the same Zoom room live. I was getting the same responses that I am used to perceiving in a Zoom room live. The same responses also that I am used to perceiving, although uh, maybe a little bit differently because of physicality, but when I lead group meditations in person in the same room, I also perceive those same kinds of energy in those kinds of rooms where, you know, I'm, st I'm again feeling how deep is someone, like, where are they at? Are they, you know, are they getting it? And 
do they need more time here? Should I slow my pace? Or are we really moving forward at like a good, uh, a good clip and it's time to move forward with them? Like, are they picking up where I'm putting down? And what, uh, like what their emotional, energetic, intuitive space is like at any given moment? These, it's the same. It's the same for me, whether it's a Zoom room or a physical room. I'm picking up the same energy because energy is energy. And um, I know I'm kind of breaking down uh, time right now, but let me tell you, space is the same. (laughs) There is no space either. Uh, The existence of geography, (laughs) I think, um, I'd say it it probably evolved uh, simultaneously to the existence of time. But if you are going moment by moment through something you you are going to moment by moment move physically through step by step physically uh through a space as well as a time and uh anyway the it's all it's all one thing it's all one thing so when i'm in this class that i was leading yesterday where i had one person live and 30 odd people that i was perceiving um You tell me how that works for me to be able to pick up their energy when they are not doing it at the same time that I am. There is no physical way for them to have done it at the same time that I was leading it. Only could they do that in the future. They could only listen to that recording and follow my voice in the future. Some of them may have done it already now because the recording has been sent out. And some of them may do it next month, next week, next year. Who knows? Some of them may discover it in their inbox a month from now and be completely surprised and delighted. (laughs) And that is the kind of evidence that I look at. Someone else might look at that and say, huh, weird, and move on. I'm looking at that and saying, huh, weird, why? And the answer clearly is that I'm perceiving multiple parts of time, that the ability for energy to be transmitted between two people is not dependent on when it happens. It is only dependent on whether someone is listening, listening in big quotes, this isn't about ears, sensing for that person, whether they are tapped in to that particular channel of perception. I'm going to use an analogy here. The transfer of energy seems to be like listening to someone you, like a friend you have in a loud room. It could be a bar where it's like there are like a zillion conversations all happening at the same time at the same loudness, more or less. And you are trying to tune into one, your one friend who's trying to tell you that they're, you know, sick to their stomach and need to go home. The room could also sometimes be more like a concert where it's hella loud, but there's pretty much just like one source of noise and you got to work even harder to be able to, to hear your friend saying, I'm kind of sick to my stomach. I think I need to go home. In most of our lives, it's more like the bar. We are having a lot of data coming at us all the time. 
all the time, just constantly. There's stuff you find on your phone. There's people telling you all sorts of crap. There's like physical data, like the temperature and the wind and um, sound, actual physical sound, everything all the time. And what we tune into is what gives us our reality. This is basic shit. This is basic mindfulness right here. What you put your attention on is what is most real in your reality. If you put your attention on the temperature, the temperature is the most real thing. You are extra cold when you are thinking about how cold you are. You are extra way too hot if you are thinking about how you are way too hot. The more you think about that thing in that particular flavor of too much of that thing, because you could be way too cold and be thinking, ah, I enjoy being way too cold, which I have done recently as our temperature here is changing uh, in fall. And I have been wandering around in shorts because it's not the super fucking hot summer that we had anymore. And it's actually kind of nice to be cold. And it's a very different perception than when I have the same temperature, the same outfit, the same wind, the same everything, and I'm thinking, fuck, it's cold. So your attention changes your perceived reality dramatically, dramatically. Temperature is an easy one, but it also applies to what you think people are like, what you think their character is like, whether you think that they are worthwhile human beings, or what you perceived to be worthwhile human beingness. It depends it changes your perception of how politics work, how inner relationships work, how nutrition works, how everything works, how uh how much gas is the right amount to have in your car before you go buy more. Everything is perception. Perception is what we have. It is the uh game mechanism that we have to use. A video game, bringing back the video game analogy, we're just going to use a lot of analogies today. The video game analogy works, I think, very well because the our perceived reality is very small in a video game. No, it doesn't matter how big the world is. The perceived reality is what we can see and hear. You can't smell a video game yet. You can't smell, taste, or touch any video game yet. Even in virtual reality, unless they're getting into that, they probably will. Similarly, there's a limited perception to our humanness that, again, we're only processing those 2,000 bits of data out of those billions of bits of data, and we're only doing it through these five physical senses plus probably some other senses. There's the perception of energy, there's interoception, there's other senses. But they are still pretty limited to being filtered through our physical body, which includes the brain. Similarly, the video game, you only have two senses that you can work with and you have to, and you also only have like a limited field of vision, similar to reality, our perceived reality, you can't see behind your head. And that gives you a really specific field of view for the video game. And that's even before bringing in attention. 
In the video game, you know what you're trying to do most of the time. You are trying to fight baddies or explore the world or uh, fill up your inventory with as many medical supplies as possible before you fight the boss. Like, you have a job. <laughs> you are going to find this, like, NPC's chickens. You are going to uh, get to that hill. You are going to figure out how to bust through this puzzle. You are go you've got a job. You've got a... Uh, something that you are actively working with, and that's where your attention is. Similar to our lives, there's something that your attention is on. It could be you're at work and you have a puzzle to solve. You know, if you think about work as puzzles to solve, it might be more fun, my friends. The thing you have your attention on might be how hungry you are and you're trying to make a dinner out of whatever the hell is left in your cabinets today. It is an endless series of things your attention is on. So, the more you actually use what your attention is on to your advantage and move it where you want it, the more interesting and fulfilling your life gets to become. That's your PSA for today. But when it comes to trying to perceive your very quiet friend in a very loud room, trying to tell you they have a stomach ache, and in this analogy, your very quiet friend is whatever fucking energetic nonsense you are trying to tap the hell into. It could be your intuition. It could be uh, your Akashic records. It could be the energy of another person. It could be anything. It could be your guides, your uh, channel, your whatever. Any stuff that you are not normally looking for it becomes a lot quieter in your perception because you're not listening for it. We have all of these things. What are we going to eat? All the stuff from work, all these interpersonal relationships, everything else about our lives that drown out and create this loud environment of stuff to be perceived all the time and things that we think our attention should be on all the time. It makes it less likely for you to stumble upon or accidentally perceive these much more subtle energetic variations and themes and uh, realities. It doesn't mean they're not there. It just means they're quieter. So as someone who has spent a lot of time working very hard to listen for those quiet little energetic voices, such that now I am a person who can perceive apparently 30 odd people on a Zoom room who aren't even there. This, this is how I know that time is simultaneous. Not that my perception is better than anybody else's, but just that I've been honing it specifically for this incredibly weird purpose. <laughs> of being able to perceive extremely subtle energetic variations in an otherwise really, really fucking loud room universe. You can do this too. And I encourage you to try it out. See how it feels tuning more into your intuition than anything else going on. Intuition is such a perfect place to start because everyone fucking has one and you already know what it feels like. Even if you think that you don't, you have been listening to your inner voice, your intuition for your entire fucking life. 
you have had those moments that are like, oh, I don't really know why I chose to do that, but it just felt like the right thing to do. And then you followed it and you found out why. You felt, oh, it was, I, you know, this way was easier. This way was faster. This way was less painful. This way was just, you know, I didn't realize I'd run into so-and-so in the hallway when I went the different way than my normal, but then I got to have a conversation with them and like blah, blah, blah happened. The more you personally become an explorer of your own experience, the more you pick up on how weird it is to experience anything. Absolutely phenomenal. Cannot overstate how incredibly phenomenally weird it is to be alive. This is why I started the podcast, actually. Um, is because I wanted to share and talk about the total weirdness of reality. That it doesn't make any fucking sense for us to be here doing any of this, but we are. And isn't that wild? Isn't that cool? Isn't that just completely brilliantly fun and funny? There are no rules. There are no gods. There are no masters. There is nothing but your experience. Period. Your consciousness is having an experience. And everything else is chatter. Everything else is a very, very loud bar. And sometimes it is like a concert. Sometimes it is like people will try to tell you what your experience is, what it should mean, what you should be perceiving. They will try to get that attention. And that's fine. Sometimes it's fun to listen to the concert. But I strongly also recommend you to listen to those subtle experiential feelings that you're having that are all your own. Listen to that quiet voice of your friend beside you telling them, telling you they need to go home. Tell you, listen to that quiet voice inside of you that knows more than you do. I have been following mine for many years now, and it is so worthwhile, so fun. And I can't recommend it literally enough. There is so much more out there than we have ever considered that there could be. There is so much more available to be perceived. And this is where I'm at. I am obsessed with perceiving more of the universe than I ever have before. To a pretty uh, unrelenting degree, shall we say. So as this podcast mystical shit <laughs> moves forward that's what you can count on me for is that i'm not stopping <laughs> i am a absolutely obsessive <laughs> internal explorer <laughs> and i won't be stopping that anytime soon and 
I would love to hear from you what you want to hear about that and what comes up from you from this episode. Which again, let's come find me on Instagram at slade.powell. You can also find my website, sladepowell.com. And let's continue this conversation. I will be coming back and continuing this conversation onward for as long as it is fun for both of us, for you and for me. You can also expect another Akashic Records uh, exploration, reading, uh, check-in, whatever, coming up soon for eclipse season, which will be starting October. Technically, I think we're already in the season of it, but the first of the two eclipses for the, the fall here in the Northern Hemisphere is October 25th, uh, which will be a solar eclipse. And then on in November, that will be a lunar eclipse. And that's eclipse season for the fall slash spring for y'all Southern Hemispherians. So expect a uh, Akashic check-in for that. And I will catch you on the flip side, my friends. Take care and happy exploring.